The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. This week's episode of The Sit-Down is brought to you by Virtuous Boxing. Comfort, performance, and style. Now you could have all three in one Italian-made athletic and streetwear shoe from Virtuous Boxing. Founded by former Italian professional boxer and now coach Donato DiMartis, Virtuous Boxing is fast becoming an authority in the boxing, apparel, and fashion industries. With Donato's experience for understanding that there's no substitute for superior quality, he created Virtuous brand of authentic, durable footwear and apparel for both men and women. Virtuous Boxing has several styles of high-top and low-top shoes that can be seen worn by pros like Pauli Malinaji, Jacob Logan Paul, Amy Andrew, Dylan White, Paige Van Zandt, and Airmall Hadribei, to name a few. Or you might find Virtuous Boxing shoes and their iconic duffel bag inspired by speed bag found on the fashion-forward streets of Miami, New York, London, or Milan. You could purchase Virtuous Boxing apparel online at virtuousboxing.com. That's Virtuous spelled V-I-R-T-U-O-S. Fight, resist, and win with Virtuous Boxing. Now, let's get into this week's episode of The Sit-Down. What's going on, everyone? Nico here with The Wooden Spoon. We have another episode of The Sit-Down, and there's a reason why I'm wearing the Rocky Ford jumpsuit. I got the Rocky Ford jumpsuit on is because we have a two-time world champion boxer, boxing analyst, and all-around Italian-American, Pauli Melanaggi. Thank you so much for coming on, Pauli. I can't, I can't my, tell you how much this means to me. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. I'm a... I just parked the car. I just got to Boston. So awesome. grabbing some food. Grabbing some food in the North End. Shout out to the North the End. Shout out, shout out to my guys up there, uh, Christian Silvestri and the Boston Guido. Yeah, man. Only only, only time neighborhood left in the in the whole United States. Maybe you guys are doing it. Maybe, maybe you guys are doing it better up in Canada. Or uh, at least the guys up in Canada, you're up on the, on the border yourself, right? Yeah. They, I mean, Toronto is a different world. There's like, there's so many old school people up there. Just, uh. It's weird, like when you get to Canada and stuff. It's like everything's pretty segregated. Like there's a, an Italian neighborhood still. There's for like all different uh, nationalities. They all have their little spot in Toronto. But yeah, yeah. But how's it going? For, how's it going for you, man? How have you been doing the past uh, the past year with COVID and quarantines and all that? Takes some getting used to for sure. But you know, maintaining. You know, I, I even went to Italy for a little bit, but it was still a little bit too shut down for me. I didn't get to enjoy the. The experience like i would have liked to I, I went over there thinking i was going to get away from a lot of the craziness but instead i, I joined more of it <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was wild up there once it once all this uh first started happening they got hit really hard so yeah i am i know i still have never been and i've been waiting for him to like because i hear once you once they open back up there's going to be like travel vouchers and stuff like that so i'll definitely try to get over there yeah yeah hopefully you know hopefully they'll they'll uh, have some kind of normalcy I know for sure. Where's uh, where's your family from in Italy? Um, I am. I'm Sicilian. So okay. My parents are born um in Syracuse. My mom is born in the city Syracuse, and my father is born in the provincia, in the province of Palazzolo Grade. So, but um, cool. I'm from the Syracuse area. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. So my dad I mean... still lives out there. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. I know that's like, I feel like so that's, on a normal on normal years I, I visit pretty often, but it's not normal years, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, kind of get into it. So, like, for somebody who like really doesn't know who you are, because we have like we have a ton of like really young listeners on the podcast too. Like, mm-hmm. 
world champion boxer like what's your origin story with that when did you like first like start fighting or get into the sport i got into the sport when i was 16 a little bit late by the standards of most kids but i just you know it was kind of a situation where i needed some guidance and boxing gave me that guidance you know my family took me to the gym and kind of gave it to me gave me a goal uh gave me some principles to stand by because really if you don't stand by the principles in boxing and you go compete you're gonna get your butt beat you know so so um it'll teach you to you know some discipline and all that stuff and understanding that the results are only uh, achieved through through work and determination, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And then um, working up from there, you became a national champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how, long yeah before, how long before you competed at the nationals? Um, I competed at the nationals in 2001. Uh, I was competing already in the national tournament since 99, though, but I won the U.S. championship in 2001. Awesome, awesome. So it wasn't even that long of a, of a journey, like sixteen to. Yeah. Yeah. I started sixteen. I had my first amateur fight by seventeen. By eighteen, I was competing in certain national tournaments. I was that I could qualify for, but. Wow. And by um, by, by a certain point though, um, like I said, two thousand one, I was able to really, um, probably by two thousand, I was able to really make the jump, get myself rated in the top five in the country. And then in 2001, I won the U.S. US National Championship. Very cool. Very cool. So after after that, that's when you kind of hopped on the pro scene and then just started doing work from yeah. there? Yeah. I mean, it was either a, an option. Um, either you wait for the next Olympic year, which is going to be 2004. I was, it was 2001. So I didn't want to wait another three years, you know. So I, But I, I just turned pro instead. I kind of needed to get myself together anyway and start being able to support myself. And uh, I, w- I was almost 21 years old. I was 20. So I, it was uh, signing that pro contract, you know, allowed me to have a form of independence myself, you know. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. And then, like, like we've mentioned before, like, what a, what a career that you've had. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just insane. Yeah. Two-time world champion. So kind of, like, any, like, anything really stand out in, like, your career-wise? I know it's, like, I'm sure that's, like, an extremely broad <laughs> question to ask. Well, but, like, um, it varies memories both good and bad, but, you know, a lot of learning lessons, a lot of experiences, but a lot of moments that I can look back on and say, you know, the adrenaline I felt in certain moments, I'll never feel again, but I'm glad I got to experience it, you know, because it's, uh, words wouldn't do it justice, you know, um, it's highs and lows, you know, just like life in general, you know, the boxing career is kind of a metaphor for life, you know, so you have to know how to roll with the punches, so to speak. For sure, for sure. I mean, I guess it's like kind of a question from you, but like, what's it like when like right after you win that world championship and they put that belt around your waist? Like, that's got to be a whole nother. That was, yeah, those are probably the, the best moments, you know, uh, especially the first one, because the first time you do it, uh, you know, it's you're fulfilling a dream that you've had since you walked into the gym. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody walks into a gym wanting to, you know, be an average fighter or, or thinking that you know, if they're going to embark on this, that they're going, they're, 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 their goal is not to try to become among the best or the best, you know, so, so to achieve that, to hear the ring announcer, um, you know, announce you as a champion, to, to hear the ring announcer, um, you know, to, to get, to be given that world championship belt, um, even defending it, you know, to be announced as the reigning and defending champion of the world, you know, um, those have been, those are like, cool moments that you know were surreal when I, I was living them you know um you know that now I look back on and you know I probably took them for granted you know because you know they're in the moment they go by so fast but, but at the same time I do remember thinking like 
this is a great feeling to, to, to hear this, you know, and have this. But, um, you know, you everything in life is a, kind of a chapters. They, they start and they finish, so you got to move on after that, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even like after your career, like the chapter after becoming like, I think one of the best commentators and analysts in the game, very well spoken, you're able to break the break the sport down for sure. And then like, and then you know, the sport, I'm sure better than any other commentator, like, Scott. yeah, I, I've uh, was something that I didn't know I, I could do. But I'll, uh, I'm very observant. I uh, was a fight. I was a very cerebral fighter. So I was glad, and I was always a talkative guy, you know, so <laughs> I was able to, I was, I was able to, I was glad I was able to kind of blend the two things together because after boxing, rarely do guys, you know, guys making money boxing to live the rest of their life on, you know, mm-hmm. um, you've got to try to kind of make the proper investments and make the right moves. So I, uh, you know, I've made some of those as well and some bad ones too, but, but, um, you know, the commentating job that I had for many years afterwards, you know, um, it, it allowed me to kind of set the set the tone for you know being able to financially move into other endeavors in my life as well you know because I was making that still making that kind of money you know mm-hmm, for sure and then on top of that you're actually a pretty good actor too I saw I saw the episode you were in, in Gravesend and then you've got a you've got another uh, was it a movie coming out with uh... yeah um, I think it's called Sleepyhead or something yeah mm-hmm. it was uh, I had a, a part in that as well yeah. Just, I just do small parts. I wouldn't call myself an actor, because I think you, when you're when you're something, that means you 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 can pay the bills with that kind of money. You know, gotcha. I was a professional boxer, and you know, I, I I was a boxer because I paid my bills with my boxing skills. You know, but my acting doesn't pay my bills, so I think I wouldn't call myself an actor. But I probably uh, I probably you know do do it, I would say I do it on a freelance basis, and uh, I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, I think I, I think I'm pretty good at it too. <laughs> I think so. I saw the the, but, epi- the but, episode of the Gravesend was it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's a lot of a lot of hoops to jump through in those businesses, you know. Oh, so sure. I'm um, I'm not I, I think I'm I'm done trying to jump through hoops after my boxing career, you know. But you know, when it comes my way, it's fun to uh, it's fun yeah, to. Sure. How did, did that was that just like that. kind of a spur of the moment thing? Like, did people reach out to yeah. you for it? Yeah, I've done like random acting stuff throughout the years. They people just reached out to kind of just put me in random scenes once in a while, you know. I don't I never really pursued it. I still don't really pursue it. Mm-hmm. It's not really a world that I, I probably would get along with too many people in anyway, you know. But mm-hmm. but the actual the art of acting is still enjoyable to me, you know. Um I don't know. I did uh, I, I was in an episode of that show Blue Bloods. Um okay. uh, I was in I, I had a commercial for Nintendo. When uh, the Punch Out video game came out mm-hmm. I, uh, in 2009 for Nintendo Wii, I was uh, I was a model for Little Mac, uh, so the, cool. the, the the Punch Out video game. Uh, so I did some acting there, and then you know just small stuff, independence that roles. You know I've done a bunch of little things, but like I said, it's more freelance stuff than anything else. More like it kind of falls in my lap. Maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't, and then that's kind of it. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's still still cool to see that you're able to like reach out in other areas because i mean there's a lot of people in the world like just like so one-dimensional one-dimensional thinking like they only do this they only do that but it's cool to see like you reach out and really kind of explore and like like live life in a sense too because there's so many people that get kind of trapped and they don't do stuff that they want to do yeah yeah absolutely i agree i agree i was i've been uh fortunate to have been able to you know make my own breaks you know because uh 
you know, breaks in life come from when you're able to create them um, through your hard work and things like that. You know, uh, I didn't uh, I didn't have a great childhood. Um, I didn't finish school. So I was uh, luckily I was able to have the determination enough and the talent enough to to uh, work hard and make my talent work for me boxing and that, that kind of opened up other doors for me you know and uh, I wouldn't have known that I would have been to, uh, my talking would have got me paid too you know <laughs> for <laughs> that sure. got me paid as well you know yeah I mean you're also a great promoter too from like some of the later some of your later fights because I mean I'm still because I'm only 24 so I only got to see kind of like the tail end uh, of your mm-hmm. fights and stuff like that I never I didn't really super I didn't get into boxing like right off the bat I was kind of as a wrestler in high school, I kind of like first started watching a lot of MMA, UFC. And then after uh, high school ended, I was like, I want to do stuff. I wasn't a good enough wrestler to wrestle in college. I was like, you know, let me try out boxing. And I've always liked boxing and then kind of fell in love with it even more so than uh, mixed martial arts for sure. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing, you know, but I think anytime people do those individual sports, you know, they, they're able to channel them, channel their inner, the inner determination in, in ways that um, other things in life don't do that. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So um, and then what I was getting at too, was uh, you going into like different areas and then seeing you compete bare knuckle, like that was, yeah. that was an, that was, I mean, very, ad, I mean, from my point of view, very admirable for you to do something like that, kind of like put it out on the line and go compete in like in a, like in a different world almost and still yeah. like, be super yeah i mean people i know what it is it's like weird because people um i feel like people made more of a big deal of that you know i feel like once you've been in so many fights which obviously i have because i'm a a professional boxer like fighting is not like a a big deal to you as much as it would be like don't get me wrong before i started boxing you know you get into a fight on the street or at school or something you know i can remember those nerves like Mm -hmm. oh you know but like honestly like i've done this I've done so much fighting at this point in my life that it's like, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, it doesn't, it didn't have that same, like, oh my God, I'm trying to something new. I mean, it was new, but at least I knew like my hands could be, you know, so my skills that I brought from boxing would protect me and, and be okay. You know, I, I've always had bad hands. So people did tell me, oh, you're going to break your hand. And I didn't listen. But, <laughs> and so, and I did break my hand <laughs> in the second round, in the second round. So I fought. I fought the whole fight pretty much one-handed uh, after round two, but but uh, no, I mean not even so much the fighting I mean, aspect. But I think, but I think you know it was uh, still a fun experience because just I don't know, just kind of you know what it is when you think you're when you're kind of out of the limelight, you do always miss it a little bit. So you know uh, you're don't get me wrong, I'm grateful that that I'm I'm able to live a, a healthy life and a, and a comfortable life, but. You know, that limelight still, you still miss it once in a while. So it was funny because I, when I signed that fight, it like all came back, you know, like mm-hmm. cameras get calls from media and stuff like that. You know, you walk into a, uh, you walk into a place with, uh, you know, where the media is and the, the photographers are there and stuff like that. So kind of gave me, gave me one last little dip, you know, into it, you know, it's funny. For sure. Yeah. I mean, not even like so much the fight, but like all the slack that you got from that. I mean, you were just kind of doing, you did what you wanted to do and you showed up and yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it is at the end of the day. I mean, I'm, I'm don't get me wrong. I, I, I enjoyed the limelight, but I'm not gonna put myself at risk unless you know it's worthwhile to me. You know, yeah. so they, they, you know, they, they made it worthwhile, and I, you know, I it's hard to say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so we went and did it but then like i said i i did enjoy the experience i can't i can't say like i just did it for the money because then when i was in there and the press conference and the media stuff it was fun you know it was cool and um the fight wasn't that bad either so it was fun no, yeah. it was fun definitely fun to watch for sure i mean kind of going on like the point of like bare knuckle and all that what's your take on like all like the influencer boxings like the jake pauls like all those guys i mean I mean, people might look at it from a perspective that it's not fair, but they're doing it. And if they don't, if they're not the ones getting paid for it, who should be getting paid for it? If they're the ones doing it and everybody's watching, if they don't get paid for it, if they don't get their just due for it, somebody's going to be robbing. It means the promoter's going to be making money. Somebody's going to be making money. Because when you put on a show and it sells a lot, money comes in. Yeah. So if people don't like Jake Paul making money or Logan Paul making money, when they decide to fight, who should get paid? I mean, yeah. it would be unjust if anybody anybody else got more than them for the mm-hmm. show. I mean, including the promoter or anything else. So, so that's how I look at it. Like you, I understand the whole. You know what? It, these guys work so hard and they don't get paid as much as these guys, and they're so much better than these guys. Yes, all logical, all logical. A, a, a top level professional boxer probably puts Jake Paul in the ICU, but mm-hmm. it's not about that. It's a, it's at this point. It's about what you can sell, not what you can do, you know, and and Jake and Logan have this incredible selling ability and they are legitimately working hard too. They are, listen, yeah. boxing is not an overnight thing. So they're, they're trying to, you know, get better. They're probably starting too late to ever become legitimately world-class, yeah. but, but they're, you know, they're getting decent. I mean, Jake is getting decent. You know, Jake seems to have a little bit of punch and power and he's, yeah. he's learning, you know, I mean, listen, it's obvious by the kind of guys they're putting him with that they know, you know, he, they got to go, they got to go easy with the excitement, you know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, they're picking guys, not only carefully, but also guys that they can market and push. So, and, and so that the fights are, 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 uh, are makeable. You know, uh, this guy he's fighting now is a former, is a former UFC fighter. Yeah, ben he's uh he was an all-american wrestler so he had a ton of talent in wrestling obviously to have that kind of talent mm-hmm. but he probably couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag you know <laughs> so and, and you're putting him in a fighting in a fighting combat only strictly fighting combat so it's very strategic um so I, you know i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if if paul lumps him up too you know so but at the same time okay you make all that money who's gonna get the money if jake doesn't get the money who gets the money because mm-hmm. you're putting on the show People are watching, people are paying for it. So it's going to generate money. What I, what I ask these people is, who should get the money? Unless you're telling me that they should not be allowed to get boxing licenses, which then you're turning into a, a, a tyrannical person at that point, yeah. you know, because everyone should be allowed to be able to make the kind of living they want to make if they so can. So, which takes me back to the original point. If they, they do a show, we'll pay. They wouldn't do a show if you would pay. People are going to pay for it. It's going to generate a ton of money. Who gets the money? Has to be them. Yeah. Has to be Jake because he's the one generating it. It's very logical for me. If you can't come up, if you can't understand this logic, you don't think of this logic yourself, then you're just a jealous person. You know, uh, the word hater gets thrown around a bit too easily today. No, mm-hmm. we, we can't criticize anybody without getting called a hater. But in this regard, hater, it stands because if if, if it's only jealousy would 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 make you log- not understand this simple logic when you come up with it. I understand that. There could be a jealousy factor from fighters working so hard and being so much better fighters, but hey, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. And if and, and if, if you don't pay Jake what he generates, the amount of money he generates, then you're robbing him. So then there's a, there's something else that's going on that's wrong. So you can't make fix a wrong with a wrong, you know. So at the end of the day, 
that would be more wrong to me. So I have no problem with uh, Jake, Logan, and everybody else that can do it, making that money. You know, um, that's the way it goes. You know, yeah. it's if, if if the fan base buys it, maybe you might call them stupid for falling for it. Whatever you want to call them, they still buy it, which means yeah. Jake and very, Jake and Logan are very marketable guys. Very, very well said. Now, on the on the flip side of that, would you be like, I mean, if say you're an up and coming boxer, you're you just turned pro, or you're turning pro soon. Would you like be advising fighters to start pumping like a lot of time into social media or maybe even like a few dollars? Yeah, yeah I think uh, this is the way you have to market yourself at this point. You know, the thing is, though, the thing is, though, if you market yourself so much, you, you take away from your training as well. So it's, it's so difficult to try to become a world class fighter, mm-hmm. a world class anything and, and focus so much on your social media. Yeah. You need a social media team around you constantly. And when you're coming up, you can't pay can't all these people. Them. Yeah. You can't afford all these people. So so you're going to end up choosing, are you going to be a YouTuber or are you going to be a, a, a try to be a world-class professional athlete? I think both are very difficult to achieve, honestly. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know the whole, what it's like to achieve a YouTube status thing because it's not my generation, but mm-hmm. I can't assume it's that easy to, to get Definitely so many not. millions of followers and do all that. So, so either way, you got to commit to at least one and only one in order to, fulfill it fully you know so and, and both are difficult but so it's going to take what i said at the beginning the, the determination that drive that hunger and that passion because you have to love what you do in order to be willing to go through that difficult work every single day very very well said very well said yeah i have a, a little a couple more questions like what do you think of the i guess like you being italian american um, there hasn't really been any standout Italian American fighters in a long time, but I feel like there's a, a few coming up maybe, or I know in the UFC world, you've got like Marvin Vittori in the middleweight division. And then in the boxing world, there's a uh, Daniele Scardina, Scardina. So do you think maybe the Italians could, the Italian Americans or the Italians can make a, a couple of run a few belts maybe in the, in the near future? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, actually, I, I think Italian-Americans typically in the recent generations have probably been better fighters than full-blown Italians. But I think the, the Italians are now starting to come up and make their way through. Even in MMA, you had uh, um, Alessio Zaccara, who was in Bellator. And now you have Vettori, who I think is one of the most phenomenal fighters in the entire sport. I think yeah. Vettori, is, Vettori is like really, really top level. Forget about the fact that he's Italian, which obviously makes me love him more. But mm-hmm. I think he's just top. I think if I looked at him even as just a fan and I wasn't a Italian, I would say this guy is a badass, you know. So, so he's top level. Daniele is improving and he's he's working his way up uh, regionally as well. Uh, uh, he's going the European route and it's good. Uh, he just won the European Union title, which is just below the European title. Um, but he's working his way up. He's a very marketable kid as well. Speaking of social media, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of a lot of uh, friends in uh, in high places in the, in, the, in the celebrity world in Milan. He's friends with a lot of Italian rappers and all that other stuff. So he's. I, I think he's, I saw uh, him. Was he training with Jake Paul? I think I might maybe saw him like on a Jake Paul Instagram post too. Miami now, so probably they did some sparring. Who knows? And also you have Sonny Conto. Sonny Conto is actually a really good fighter, but he's a little bit of an undersized heavyweight. He's a heavyweight from Philadelphia. He was. Uh, I believe he's a national champion as an amateur as well. Um, but he's basically uh, an Italian American uh, from Philadelphia. I think his grand, like you, his grandparents were uh, were uh, Italian. But a uh, uh, really, really good fighter. He signed with top rank. Really good fighter. And then you also have uh, Guido Vianello, who was an Olympian in 2016 for Italy. Uh, he's a six foot six heavyweight. Uh, coming along slowly, though. I think he had a draw his last fight, but he's still undefeated. 
Uh, he's a, he's he's a big heavyweight. He's a six foot six guy. Conto's probably a little bit more complete of a fighter, but he's a little bit smaller at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. But you have there there are guys in the mix. There's also um, Giovanni Scudetti, who's who's this guy yep. here from from Sicily. Uh, he's he's training and, and and you know basically living out of the Northeast, and he's trying to you know establish himself as well. Um, got some guys. You know, we'll see if anybody can break through, though. You know, it's you do have some guys hanging around there. We'll see. Uh, we yet to see anybody break through, and that's what you really want to see. Somebody can break through into the big time. As far as a big time, I would say MMA probably with Vettori is is a, is a big time fight. I know. Fighter, I think because you know, his last his big fight, Vettori's big fight, was he actually fought Izzy Adesanya and lost yeah, split, split decision, split decision loss. Yeah, so. very very good fight. Yep. And he's fighting Darren Till next month. I was speaking to him uh, when he signed the fight. He's excited about that, and he really wants Adesanya badly. He wants Adesanya in the rematch badly. But he told me he's like, uh, he's like, this might take it to Adesanya. I beat Till, and I'm, I, I know I have to get Adesanya. They can't, they can't take him away from me forever. Yeah. And I was just like, I was just like, well, if Adesanya moves up in weight or whatever, just to take the title right now, you know, I was like, yeah. I'd like to see Mark become a champion and become the first Italian UFC heavyweight champion. Although that's not to say he can't beat Adesanya for it. I mean, he almost did the first time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so he's he's in there, man. He, and he's such a determined guy. He's such a determined guy. So I would say out of all the guys we named, he's probably the only one that has broken through so far. You're looking for the other guys to break through. You're rooting for the other guys, but they are not breakthrough stars yet. But they are guys that, as Italians and Italian Americans, we we root for. Marvin, on the other hand, uh, I think he's broken through. He's yeah. he's really uh, on a quest to. It took him a long time to get a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's on a quest now, you know, he, where, you know, everybody knows him, just Italians and non-Italians. So once you break through, that means everybody knows you, you know, everybody knows you as a part, being part of that sport. And so uh, you're, uh, you're now, uh, you know, achieve, trying to achieve bigger things, you know, so, so uh, obviously I, I root for Marvin, but I also root for the other guys as well, so we'll see. Awesome. Yeah. And, and almost like, you know, I guess in the next question, it's like more of a general boxing sense. Uh, I got like, who, who do you have in the, I guess the Fury Joshua fight at heavyweight and then. And then, like, I guess, like, what's your take on the on the lightweight division currently, too, with like Tefio and Haney I think, Garcia uh, and all those guys? I think Fury. I think Fury is the best heavyweight in the world right now. I think uh, I don't think anybody beats him at this moment. Um, but uh, it, you know, you want to make these fights with Joshua and all that, you know, just so you can prove it. But I think Fury is too much to deal with, you know. Um, and that's not to say that anybody else in the heavyweight division is not world class, because they're all world class guys like Joshua and like that. But I just don't think they that anybody beats Fury right now. Then, uh, as far as Telfimo uh, and the rest of the lightweights, Brian Garcia, Javante Davis, Devin Haney, I think Telfimo head, head and shoulders above those guys. Um, I don't think he's going to stay a lightweight very long. I think he's going to move up. Um, the other guys, I think they're going to have it out uh, between them, and we'll see. We'll see if the rivalries can develop into nice fights. Very cool. I guess. I guess w- one last question before you. We let you go um what would you give i guess not only just fighters in general but somebody i guess trying to work hard at whatever profession they're doing whether it's starting a business fighting sports like academics what is like Polly malinaji's words of like success advice here's what i say you know people used to tell me people i used to hear the words do something you love do something you love and i used to think like that's such a dumb thing because not something you love might not get you get paid in life might not be something that's meaningful in life but at it, it in reality it was me not fully understanding that okay so yes to a degree i was right in that way but i was only half right because in the end you want to whatever it is you're pursuing it cannot be pursuit of it just for the money yes mm-hmm. maybe something you love doesn't get you any money so therefore you have to do something else 
But you cannot do something else where you have completely no passion for it and no love for it because you'll be a miserable person trying to get this, even while trying to get this money. So you need to have find the, the proper balance of something that is important in society that where it's going to pay you and pay you well so you can have that success um, while at the same time being something that you can be passionate about and love so that the hard work won't feel so hard because you mm -hmm. have a passion for it. Whenever you have a passion for something, it doesn't feel like hard work. You know, the hard work is something you enjoy. The pr it's the process of achieving is something you enjoy. So I would say you need a, a good balance of, uh, of passion for something that, you know, is important and meaningful in life so that you can get paid for it. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for hopping on the podcast. I really, I really appreciate it. It's a dream come true for me. I'm a huge fan. So I can't thank you enough for coming on. Thanks, Nico. I appreciate it. And I got to ask you a last question. All right. Your show is called the Wooden, the Wooden Spoon Podcast. Did you ever get hit with the wooden spoon? I've got hit with many wooden spoons in my lifetime. A lot. I mean, it's just anything that's close. You get hit with the wooden spoon. I got them thrown at my head. <laughs> myself too yes i just i just wanted to see if you were authentic with the oh, wooden spoon. I'm, I'm authentic wooden spoon <laughs> got... you're, you're young enough you're young enough where maybe that generation can pass you i was I right, right on the line right on the line <laughs> i live my i live my nono for enough years to get anything thrown at my head good stuff man you're, you're an original one brother all right i appreciate that but where can everybody follow you everybody follow paulie on instagram uh, go check him out yeah, where? uh twitter instagram at paul melanage Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sit Down. We'll catch you in the next episode. Ciao. Come on, get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. Right, we could do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify? So what's the play? Just, all right, just... Come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody. All right? Come on. On three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.